We're going to conclude our series today about making heaven happy. Everyone say making heaven happy. You know, if heaven's not happy, really, ultimately, nobody's happy. You need to understand that. Uh, and we're, we've been talking about making heaven happy. Turn to 1 Thessalonians 2, Hebrews 13. Hold your place there. Uh, and let me just share with you the kind of the, the import and the content of the last four or the last three Sunday mornings. We began in Luke 15, which is the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost son or the uh, prodigal son. And from those three stories, we learn this. Read that second paragraph with me. All of heaven gets really happy when that which is lost is found. Come on, read it out loud with me. All of heaven gets really happy when that which is lost is found. And that's what kicked us off. You know, God gets happy when one sinner comes home to Christ. And you know, next Sunday, I pray heaven goes into overdrive with joy, with people being born again because you went out and you found the lost son, the lost coin, or the lost sheep, and you brought them into the fold. And they hear the Word of God, and their lives are transformed by the power of God's Word. Listen, Next Sunday could be a great day of celebration. Easter Sunday will be a great day of celebration. We're trusting God for lost people, that which is lost to be found. How many of you that are, uh, that are born again remember when you were born again? And you should, listen, heaven rejoiced over that. And we learned this, uh, and we embraced it, and we talked about other things. But then last Sunday, we began to talk about becoming a God-pleaser. Because you see, if you can please God, then all of heaven's happy. If God's not happy, if Father God's not happy, then heaven's not happy. And so we've got to spend our life and our days endeavoring to make God happy with us and become a God pleaser. And this is what our thoughts were. Making heaven happy is all about making sure God the Father is well pleased with the way we live our lives here on planet earth. You see, once again, salvation is not just about getting to heaven. Salvation is about making heaven happy and, and, and while we're here in this life and make sure that God is well pleased with the way we live our life on planet earth. I, I shared with you a great proverb concerning this. Proverbs sixteen seven says this, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. Man, I'm telling you, God wants your ways to be pleasing to God. And then Haggai, the prophet, said this, consider your ways. Everyone say, consider your ways. That ways means course of life, the way you're headed in life. God's concerned about where you're headed. God's concerned about how you live your life. God wants you to live your life that he can look down upon your life and say, now that's well-pleasing to me. God wants your life to be well-pleasing to him. Are you with me? Say amen. And so last Sunday, we began to look, take a list, just a little simple journey, and I, I, it, got, it got all uh, up inside me, and I, I, I took me, I, I was going to share with you seven ways through the New Testament that pleases God, how we can plug into those New Testament principles, and our life and our ways would please God, and I only got to three, but it was worth uh, worth it to get some emphasis in the first three, and here they were last week. Uh, we began this New Testament journey and we learned that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we've got to go the way of faith. Everyone say the way of faith. Every day you have an opportunity to choose whether you're going to walk by faith 
or walk by fear or by uh, however you want to walk. But hey, you want to please God, you got to trust Him. Somebody say trust Him. You got to believe Him. You can't sit around in fear and doubt and, and mediocrity all your life. And when you come against a struggle that shattered all your dreams, you just got to trust Him and praise Him and believe. Hey, uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Then we, I want to preach that all over again. You'll have to get online and get, the, get last week. If you missed last week, get online and catch up. And then we talked about the way of the Spirit. Romans 8, uh, verse 1 through 8. He talks about the Spirit in the flesh. And he says those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So if you want to please God, conversely, you got to walk in the way of the Spirit and every day get up and say, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. Holy Spirit, fill me afresh with your anointing. Holy Spirit, lead me in the way everlasting. Holy Spirit, work the fruit of the Spirit within me. May I walk like Jesus and talk like Jesus and live like Jesus and, and let the Holy Spirit take charge of my life. Now, you and I know that there's a way... How many of you ever had a spirit get a hold of you? You ever had, let me just be honest. We've had lustful spirits get on us. Just uh, 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 depressed attitudes. and You know how to yield to those things. You know, somebody says something to you and gets under your skin and you just yield to it. And you walk in it all day long. You walk in the spirit of offense. You know all how to do this. So how do you get in the spirit? You just get in the spirit and you start walking in it and applying the Holy Ghost uh, in every area of your life. Come on, say amen. You want to please God, you got to walk in the way of faith. You got to walk in the way of the Spirit. And, and then last Sunday, we closed out with this. You got to walk in the way of spiritual warfare. Paul said this in 2 Timothy 2. He said, No one uh, uh, who is a, a soldier of mine entangles himself in the affairs of this life that he may please him, that is, God who enlisted him as a good soldier. It's the way of warfare. It pleases God for you to get up in the morning and rebuke the devil off your family and life and church and, and bind every demon devil in hell that would try to hinder and harbor uh, uh, negative things in your life. It pleases God for you to stand up every day and take authority over the principalities and the powers and the spiritual forces of wickedness. Arr. Somebody say amen. Oh, pastor, the devil's been after me. Oh, my goodness. How... Listen, he's not here to hassle you. He's here for you to hassle him. Are you with me? Say amen. And that's where we got all hung up and we just finished out. And I, I thought, man, if I just stop right now, I got my next Sunday's message already written out. And so I want to share with you four more today. Four more ways. Everybody say, consider your ways. You see, everybody, let me just stop. I, most people spend most of their time considering other people's ways. Have you seen him? Did you know what she did? Did you see how he, he, he talked to his wife? Did you see how rude she was? We spend a lot of our time, energy, and effort considering everybody else's ways. When Haggai the prophet came and said, listen, what you better be doing, look at your neighbor and do this. What you better be doing, give somebody this. What you better be, come on, I said, yeah, get, shake that finger. What you better be doing 
It's considering your ways. And then, I'll, you know, let me tell you another, another thing I may never get done today. You know, some people spend all their time considering everybody else's ways. And because of everybody else's ways, that affects their ways. Listen, what you better be doing is quit following in the ways of the world and the ways of the enemy and the ways of the flesh and began to realize that God is looking about how we live our life on planet earth. And that's how, what pleases him. And so with that in mind, let's consider our ways. Let's keep going. Look, are you in first Thessalonians? Go to first Thessalonians chapter two, first Thessalonians chapter two. And we want to talk about the way of gospel proclamation. Everyone say proclamation. The, the way of gospel proclamation. First Thessalonians chapter two, verse one through four, for you yourselves know, brethren, that our coming to you was not in vain. But even after we had suffered before and were spitefully treated in Philippi, as you know, we were bold in, the, in, God, in our God to speak to you the gospel of God. Somebody say the gospel. We were bold. He said, we were bold to speak to you the gospel of God in much conflict. For our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanness, nor was it in deceit. But as we have been approved by God, catch this, to be entrusted with the gospel. Somebody say the gospel. Even so we do what? Speak. Not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. You say, what did he just say right there? We came to you with much boldness, even through great adversity. Listen, it's not the easiest thing to stand up and be a witness for Christ. There's great opposition. Paul said, we came with great boldness to speak to you, <coughs> pardon me, the gospel of God. He said, we have been entrusted and, and we shared with you, we exhorted you and we spoke to you the gospel, not as pleasing men, but as God who sees our hearts. Now, it pleases God when we stand up for him and boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's pleased when you share the gospel. Now, there's a misnomer about the gospel. There's a misnomer about Christianity. A lot of people think, well, I'm just going to live the gospel. Uh, and I'm going to just show the gospel. Listen, the gospel is not a lifestyle. The gospel is not a way of life. It's God's global good news. That's what it means, good news. And it must be shared. Now, how many of you know news, the news media has taken this huge turn. It's, it's, there's news everywhere. News, news, news. You can pull up your, your, your phone and you can see the news. You can, anywhere, there's 24-7 news. Let me just tell you something. When you turn on the news, okay, there are not a bunch of people standing up there just going. Or. How many of you know that's ludicrous? Look at your name and say, that's ludicrous. The news is something you have to speak. And that's what Paul said. He said, we came with boldness and we've been entrusted. Even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but as God. It pleases God when you boldly declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, as I said Thursday, we spent time with pastors from all over this area, and church leaders from all over this area, and Dr. Shibley who wrote the book Entrusted. 
uh, anchoring your life in the gospel. You need to get a copy of that. I think it's on Amazon. Uh, we went through that. He shared through that. We live streamed it to Texarkana, to Houston, to Africa, to uh, some other foreign country. People were listening and the gospel of God. And he said this. He said, listen, our children need to know the gospel. They can't just grow up in church and not know the gospel. What is the gospel? Everybody say, what is the gospel? It's not a way of life. It's not, you don't live out the Gospels. In fact, there's a quote that has been attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, which by the way, he didn't say. Uh, it's probably because he realized how ludicrous it was. Uh, he didn't say it, but it says this, in all your ways, share the Gospel, and if necessary, use words. In other words, the gospel is a lifestyle that you live out. Now, there's nothing wrong about living a godly life and a good role model for people, but that won't get them born again. And that statement is really a falsehood. The gospel is not a way of life. It, it, hey, let me just say it this way. I think I tweeted it this way this morning. It, it's this. It's not a habit of life, but rather it's the history of life. The gospel's not something you live. It's something you receive and then something you share. It's God's global good news that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners and life them by the Spirit of God to be born again and come out of their sin nature and their deadness of sin and be raised to walk in newness of life. The gospel is the history of life. And listen, our children need to know the history of life. They need to know that it, the gospel is not just history. It's His story. 1 Corinthians 15. Paul the Apostle in verse 3 and 4, I believe. This is the Gospel. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. Die on a cross. Pay for our sin. Three days later, He rose again so we could have newness of life. That's the Gospel. Write down 1 Corinthians 15. Look it up. Memorize it. What is the Gospel? He came into the world to save sinners. He died on a cross. Paid a great price for our sins. See, His blood paid for our sins. Somebody say amen. amen. Now let me just pause. I'm going to put it on pause. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday. And, and then the next Sunday is, is Resurrection Sunday. Listen, next Sunday, we're going to begin to talk about the power in the blood. Somebody say there's power in the blood. I'm telling you, what Jesus did for us on the cross is all powerful. It's the greatest day in His story. When He died for our sins and rose again the third day. Listen, we gotta get that down in our, in our deepest recesses of our being. We gotta live, uh, uh, in a way that would please God. And the way that pleases God is not only know the way, but show the way and tell the way and go the way. Amen. It's the gospel. He paid for your sins with His own blood. He was buried in a barred tomb and three days later he rose again over victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Somebody say amen. And what pleases God is when we take that gospel and now think about what would not please God if we accept the gospel, we believe the gospel, we appropriate the gospel and we're born again and we become his children but then never share the gospel. And we think by our smiley face. Or the bumper sticker on our car. There's not bumper stickers anymore, I don't think. <clears throat> Maybe there shouldn't be. Or just the way we live our life. 
that people are going to be born again. Now, let me give you two words here that you need to embrace. And number one, it is emboldened. It says we were bold in our God to speak to you the gospel. That's verse two. We've got to become emboldened with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've got to get bold in God. We've got to let God's boldness come upon us. In fact, if you go to Acts four, you don't need to, but the story is they were threatened, just like Paul said here. They were threatened to not speak anymore. They went to the place of prayer and they began to ask God and they said, God, you keep doing what you're doing. We'll keep doing what we're doing. We'll keep speaking in the name of Jesus. We won't hush our mouths. We'll keep doing what we're doing if you'll keep doing what you're doing and the Bible says the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke the word of God with boldness Even people who are healed know how to do that. One, the, the, the guy that got healed that they were fussing about, he, they said, what happened? He said, I, I, just Jesus, he touched me. And they, well, what? They couldn't understand. He said, all I'm telling you was once I was blind, but now I see. Come on now. Jesus touched my life. Amen. We've got to be emboldened with the power of the gospel. And let me say this. We learned this. Your testimony is not the gospel. The gospel is what Jesus did so you could have a testimony. You see, you can tell some people what Jesus did for you, but for goodness sake, you got to tell them how he can do it for them too. And that is they believe the gospel. What is the gospel? He died for your sins on a cross. He paid a price so you would, you could become his child. He washed you white as snow. You've got to believe him and trust him and rely. You got to believe that he rose again the third day for you. And invite him in to be Lord and leader of your life. They were emboldened. And then we must also be emboldened. And the second word is entrusted. He said this, we have been entrusted with the gospel. Even so we speak. Did you know God put his trust in you? Think about it for a moment. For all the people that you know, all the people that you may know, the people you thought about a few moments ago, the people that you have no real confidence in their eternal security, the people that came to your mind, God has entrusted us with the gospel for their sakes. He put His trust in you to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you want to please God and make heaven happy, we got to consider our ways and consider the way of proclamation and begin to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is not something you live out. It's something you proclaim. It's not your testimony. It's not even your way of life. It's what you tell people about what Jesus has done for you and how he did it through the power of the gospel. Amen. Paul the Apostle said in Romans 16, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Everybody say, I'm not ashamed. The gospel pleases God, not when we just receive it as much as when we receive it and then share it. If you're here today, let me just stop, pause. If you're here today and you just got enough to keep you from getting the real thing, Today, you need to make sure you know that you know that you know Him. And apply the gospel. In fact, I, I just feel like I butchered it a little bit. I'm going to go over to 1 Corinthians 15. I, I butchered it up. I, I, I don't want to butcher the gospel here. I want to read it. Just I want to be clear. Let me be perfectly clear. Here's the gospel. 
Moreover, brethren, 15.1, I declare to you the gospel. See, Paul didn't live it just as only he declared it. I declare to you the gospel, which I preach to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved. If you hold fast that word, which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered you first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. There it is. Somebody say, there it is right there. Circle it, write it down, put it in the memory bank. 1 Corinthians 15, there it is. There's the gospel. We've got to be emboldened with the power of the Holy Spirit because we have been entrusted. It'll please God when you share the gospel with someone who needs the gospel. Amen? Number five, another way of our life. Everybody say, consider your way. It's the way of righteous living. Look in 1 Thessalonians 4. Paul's really working these Thessalonians over and then he begins to talk to them about righteous living and how it pleases God. He says, finally then, brethren, we urge you and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to what? Somebody say, somebody say, please God. He said, the way you walk and please God. In other words, the way you live your life either pleases God or it doesn't please God. And then he begins to talk about immorality and unrighteousness. He said, for you know what commandment we gave you through the Lord. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how. Somebody say, know how. Know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter because the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us unto uncleanness, but to holiness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God who also has given us his Holy Spirit. So he said, listen, the way you walk, the way, the way you live your life, uh, either pleases me or doesn't please me. And, and if you walk in a way that is pleasing to me, you're going to abstain from sexual immorality. You're not going to be overwhelmed by the temptations of this life. You're going to know how to possess your body in sanctification and honor. Listen, the scripture's not vague about being victorious over sin. The scripture's not uh, 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 mute when it comes to being able to say no to sin and yes to Jesus. If we'd have been in Sunday circles this morning, you would have learned a whole lot about how to stand in the faith and walk in the spirit not in the flesh and, and yield yourself to the Spirit of God. The way of righteousness, right living, right choices, knowing how to say no to sin and yes to Jesus and every day live like we talked about last week in the Spirit and not in the flesh. It pleases God. He said, you should know. Listen, he said, I want to tell you, you should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. Consider your ways. Let's consider our ways. The way I live my life. Do I, am I one thing on Sunday and another thing on, on, on Friday? Am I, do I live my life endeavoring to, to honor God in my body, in my mind, in my thought life? It'll please God if you'll, if you'll begin to realize that God gives you authority over sin. You see, listen carefully. Before you were born again, sin was your master. 
But once you're born again, there's a new sheriff in town. His name is Jesus. And he lives on the inside of you. And he's given us the Holy Spirit. And he knows how to be victorious over sin, Satan, and every other demonic thing you might face. Are you with me? Say amen. Pleases God. Consider our ways. The ways that please God is the way of faith, the way of the Spirit, the way of warfare, the way of gospel proclamation, and the way of righteous living. Now turn over to Hebrews 13. Let me finish out here. Take a right. Take a right. Hebrews 13. I love these last few verses of Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews says this in verse 15. Therefore by Him. Oh, let me go back up to verse 12. I just got to get you a better context. Therefore Jesus also, that He might sanctify the people with His own blood. That's what we talked about. Suffered outside the gate. Therefore let us go forth to Him. Outside the camp bearing His reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. Therefore by Him. Somebody say by Him. I thank God that everything I do is by Him and in Him. In Him I move and live and have my being. Therefore by Him let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. And don't forget to do good and share for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. It pleases God when you not only go the way of righteousness but you live and go the way of selfless worship. Now, let me just break this down for you just a moment. Because I know some people, when you think of worship, you get kind of, you get kind of cross-haired and you're thinking, you know, and you read things and you see people's different expressions of worship and you get, oh man, I don't know what, you know, what do I, what kind of incantations do I have to perform, uh, to worship God? Listen, it, it, number one, it's not just how you live. It's what comes out of your mouth. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer up the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our, somebody say it, lips, giving praise to his name. Listen, some people think you praise God just by your smile on your face. Listen, once you realize what Jesus did for us because of the blood of Jesus, therefore, you see, He offered up His blood as a sacrifice for sin. Did you see it? Therefore, Jesus also, verse 12, that He might sanctify the people with His own blood. And then you go down to the next verse, therefore, listen, when you realize the price He paid for you with His own blood, therefore, let us offer up the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving praise to His name. We praise it with our lips, with what comes out of our mouth. I've said this before and many times, it's a Pastor Samism. Most people wake up in the morning and instead of saying, good morning, Lord, they say, good Lord, it's morning. Most people spend all their time coming to God and give out their, 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 their not only their wish list, but their laundry list and their, and their death wish list and all these other things. And we come to God like He's some, some cosmic, you know, slot machine that if we just say it right, He's got to do it for us. Listen, we come into His presence just to worship Him. Why do we worship Him? Because He's worthy to be worshiped. And why do we worship Him? Because it pleases Him. He loves to hear the sacrifice of praise unto God itself. Selfless worship. Praise ye the name of the Lord. 
How many of you know when you express love and adoration for someone, you don't just do it by a smile on your face? How many of you guys, when you wake up in the morning to see your lovely bride, how many of you guys got a lovely bride? You better lift it up. There you go. Got two hands. How many of you ladies got a handsome hubby? Now, when you wake up in the morning or even when you go to bed at night, you just kind of go... Nope. Can you imagine if we adopted that lifestyle that we've adopted with the Lord? We just think I'd come to church. Can you imagine if you adopted that with your wedding and your bride? When you come and here she comes down the aisle. How's that wedding march going? No, 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 no. That's the go out. Da, 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 da. And everybody stands. La, da, da, da. And she comes and the preacher says, now let's say our vows. Commitment and our love. And you just go, And then you get even all the way to the honeymoon. Think about that. And you look at your spouse say, pardon me, but I'm just going to love you in my heart. That's kind of silly, is it not? Listen, we love God. We are the bride of Christ. He's worthy of all our praise. It doesn't matter if you feel like it or not. Come on now. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It doesn't matter if you feel like, listen, walking with Jesus is not how you feel. It's what he's done for you on the cross. I don't wake up every morning and feel like I'm saved. I don't wake up every morning and feel like I'm full of the Holy Ghost. I don't wake up every morning and feel like I love him, but I love him. I love him. I love him. He died for me, paid a great price for me, and he's worthy of all my praise. It doesn't matter how you feel. Look at your wife and say, honey, it don't matter how you feel, baby. We express our love and adoration regardless of how we feel. He's worthy. Somebody say He's worthy. With such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Consider your way. How much time do you spend worshiping Him? When you pray and seek the Lord, there's nothing wrong with telling God what you need. He wants us to tell Him what He needs. But here's what the Bible says. I enter His gates with thanksgiving. I come into His courts with praise. Come on. It said, Jesus, when he taught us to pray, to pray, he said, this is how you pray. You start off your prayer time like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Woo, hallelujah. And you hang out there a little bit. Glorify the name of God. And listen, it says, it says here that, that, that we give thanks to his name. Everybody say his name. Listen, that word name there is really his character and his person. And if I had time, we could go back in the Old Testament and talk about all the names of God that reveal the character and the nature of God. You could come and you could hallow his name for about 30 minutes and never slack off. You could say, oh God, I thank you that you're Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Woo, I thank you that you provide all my needs according to your riches and glory. Price. 
by Christ Jesus. Oh Lord, I thank you that you're Jehovah Sidkenu. That's a Hebrew word that means my very present help in time of need. I thank you, Lord, that you're right here for me. Oh, I praise the name of Jesus. I offer to you the sacrifice of praise. And your name, oh Lord, I thank you that you're Jehovah Shema. The one who heals me. I think that's the right one. The one who heals me. You're my healer. I thank you, Lord. You're Jehovah Shalom. My peace, Lord. You've given me. Oh, you could just go on and on. Jehovah Makedesh. My banner. My shield. Something like that. Oh, and you could praise the name of the Lord. And it pleases Him. It's the way of selfless worship. It's a sacrifice. With such sacrifices, God is well pleased. And then finally today, right there with it, verse 16, it's the way of selfless sacrifice for others. He said, and he's basically put it this way, he said, don't get so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Don't spend all your time just in, in the heavenlies and forget about those who need you in this life. Don't forget to do good and to share. That's what we're going to do on Easter with these, with the homeless men and women. Men and women of Southeast Texas, downtown Beaumont. Don't forget to do good and share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Don't be so heavenly minded that you forget that there are people in this world that need you to share something with them. Not only just your words and your way of life, but maybe from your resources, maybe from the goods of your life and, and, and some people that need you in their life. Don't forget to do good. Listen, that pleases God. You get up in the morning and you worship Him and praise Him and say, Lord, what good can I do for you today and for others who needs uh, something today? And always keep our eyes and ears open for those who need a little helping hand. They need an encouraging word. They need a little something to get them from point A to point B. They need somebody that loves Jesus enough to be a blessing to them. God says, hey, if you bring a little cup of water to somebody who's thirsty, you didn't do it just to them. You did it unto me. Amen. It's the ways of a God pleaser. Consider your way. Making heaven happy is all about making sure God the Father is well pleased with the way we live our lives here on planet Earth. Making heaven happy, I'm going to say it again, is all about making sure that God the Father is well pleased with the way we live our lives here on planet earth. I want to close with a passage of scripture in there in Hebrews. Hebrews 13, verse 20 and 21. Note what he says, Now may the God of all peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. I'll tell you what, he doesn't get away from the gospel there, does he? Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of everlasting covenant. Somebody stop, look up, say there's power in the blood. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of His everlasting covenant, make you complete or whole in every good work to do His will. Working in you, catch this, working in you what is well-pleasing in His sight. 
Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. There's some things that need to be worked in you. There's some ways that need to be worked within us. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. Listen, this is not rocket science. How many of you guys know what does not please your wife? Anybody care to share? How many of you wives know what doesn't please your husband? Come on, baby. You care to share? Okay. We know. We know. And we know what pleases God and what doesn't please God. We know the way we act, if it's pleasing to God or if it's not pleasing to God. It's the way of faith. Am I going to walk by faith and not by sight? And not by sight. That pleases God. It's the way of the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, not in the flesh. We know that pleases God. Those who are in the flesh can't please God. If you live life on a fleshly level, you're not pleasing to God. And let me just say right here in this church, in this room, right here in this little, little uh, humble gathering of people, there are people here, you came today, and you do not walk in the Spirit, you walk in the flesh, and for some reason you're here today. Maybe it's to hear the reality that you ha- can't live on your own level, doing your own thing, serving the flesh, and please God. You can't, hey, listen, church attendance by itself alone will never please God, and it certainly won't get you to heaven. It's the way of the Spirit, it's the way of warfare, standing up against the powers of darkness, and not letting the devil run roughshod over you. But standing up, and because he's given us all authority. He said, I've given you authority over, over uh, death, hell, and the grave. You can tread upon serpents and scorpions, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. How many of you daddies would not be pleased if you raised a son who was such a pacifist that he would just, even though... We know the Scripture says, turn the other cheek. How many of you know, mamas and daddies, we at least want our kids to be able to defend themselves? Right? It would please us to know that our children did not allow other people to run roughshod over their life, but they stood up and they took their place. So you can't do that to me. Right? Am I right? How many of you parents, when you when you when your kid comes home, just got the tar beat out of him in school, and and he and he did nothing to defend himself? We all go, I'm so proud of you. You didn't turn. Out. Listen, it's our nature. Listen, God doesn't want us to let the enemy run roughshod over our life, and set let the devil beat us up day in and day out, and go. It's the way my mama raised me, my daddy raised me, and my mommy. I got this problem, that problem, and that's why the devil does this to me. And we just whine and complain and let the enemy run roughshod over life. I tell you what, I'm going to preach it again. I tell you what pleases God when we get up in the name of the Lord and stand our ground against the devil and say, Enough is enough. 
You get out of my house, get off my kids. Get out of my life, get out of my job. I bind every, God goes, that's my boy. Amen. It's the way of bold proclamation of the gospel. We stand up and boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who need him. We've been emboldened by the Spirit. We've been entrusted with the gospel. It pleases God. It's the way of righteous living where we stand strong and say, this is why I'm going to live my life in a way that is well-pleasing. It's the way of selfless worship and selfless sacrifice. Consider your ways. Let's stand together. Father, today, may we live our lives And work within us, God, these ways. As Hebrews 13, 20 and 21 says, work within us. Come on, somebody just be bold enough to say, Lord, work these things in me, Lord. Work them in me. Whatever you got to do to help me walk by faith and not by sight. Whatever you got to do to help me live a way of righteous living. Whatever you got to do to help me live a life of sacrificial praise and doing good and sharing with others. Lord, whatever you got to do to help me boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and be well pleasing to you. Lord, help me. Whatever you got to do to help me live rightly before you. Work it in me today. I want everybody here just to say work it in me, Lord Jesus. Work it in me, Lord Jesus. Come on, work it in me, Lord Jesus. Work it in with this old preacher here today. Lord, work it within my family today. Work it, Lord God, within this church family today. May we as a church family be well-pleasing to you. God, when we come together next Sunday and we brought our friends and family, may we be well-pleasing to you. Lord God, may it please the Lord to bless us and use us today to boldly proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christ and bring our friends and family. Lord, may it be pleasing to you when we show up, Lord, and we do our part and we do good to help others who, who need our help and who need our care and who need our compassion, Lord. Work it within us